Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. Savvy, spirited stories of success. Here we are, Annie Carnathan. Happy Thursday. We just keep showing up, don't we? <laughs> no matter what. Well, I think that's uh, that's a good reminder. Post pandemic is just show up. We that's that's the very basic. We're going to show up. We're excited to have a super special guest with us today. And you know, as a co-author of Women in High Gear, I love to surround myself like you do with women um, who are inspirational and who uh, have very big goals and have brought other women especially along with them as they rose and especially to the C-suite. Amy Scrignoli, welcome to Grit and Gravitas, this uh, uber special podcast studio. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Incredible women leaders. I just met you, Amy, so I'm thrilled. That's why this show gives back to me every time, and that's what we're trying to give back to right. anyone listening. So welcome and thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, and this is kind of a fun um, connection here. It is. We are recording in April. This will probably be released in May. April is Financial Literacy Month, and I know for me as a young businesswoman, that kind of scared me. You know, my learning curve was on the uh, art of doing business, not my craft of public relations, marketing, corporate communications. It was really how all the mechanics and infrastructure to start a business. So I really had to go from zero to a hundred because I started at age 40 and didn't have 40 years to figure this journey out. But I can't wait to hear you. So you're, um, CEO of Belco Community Credit Union, kudos to you. You really, Amy, are the only female banking executive in our region uh, of an institution that, what would you say, is 500 million and over. You're almost at a billion. Mm -hmm, right. But um, I think there's a few, are there a few other women that, that are CEOs of uh, much smaller institutions in our backyard? We do have a lot of female CEOs in credit union land, and asset size-wise, those credit unions are a little smaller than what we are. Right. So we do have a good presence of women in the credit union community, probably fewer women in banking and financial services otherwise. Right. Now, we had uh, prior guests, uh, actually early on, maybe in the first 20 episodes, we had Patty Husick, who I know that mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, founding and former CEO of Centric Bank. And now uh, you and Patty were the two that we really looked to in, in any financial conversation of, you know, how would women, how could you get into um, the financial world, banking and finance? And was there a spot in the C-suite? And thanks to, you know, you now and, and Patty, we saw a path to that. So you came to Belco 2004? Right. Okay, give us just a, a quick snapshot of you arrived there from the banking world, mm -hmm. and then uh, what position did you come in, and how did you get to the C-suite? 
Well, I started out as consumer loan manager, and that tied directly back to the prior work experience that I had. Okay. And over time and experience there just became, you know, more exposed to more areas of the credit union. Good. Incrementally, I was given more authority and more oversight and more responsibility. Ultimately, uh, some of the stepping stones along the way, AVP of lending, vice president of lending from that consumer Good. lending manager, which was just a broader scope position. At the same time that was going on, our executives were getting older, nearing retirement and created a succession planning process for our credit union. And uh, I was tapped to be involved in that. So from there, we went through our succession planning process and I was selected to move into an executive vice president role. And then ultimately the, the final step there uh, was to become CEO. Did you have a specific advocate on that journey, Amy, within Belco, That's mentor, good. coach? Yeah, I would say absolutely um, more than one, really. There were a couple of the executives that were very interested in coaching and mentoring employees to Great. reach their highest potential. Great. So it wasn't just myself, but many at Belco had that opportunity to work together with these individuals who saw the value in developing our talent in-house and not mm -hmm. hiring someone from the outside, particularly for the higher level positions Good. in the CEO, because they were very protective of the culture of our organization and wanted to see us growing our talent from inside rather than bringing someone in from the outside who could potentially jeopardize what we had created and mm -hmm. felt was pretty special about Belco. If you, if you look back, was how did you... How did you come to their attention to say, mm -hmm. Amy is not necessarily worth mentoring, but this is someone who has all this ceiling and potential mm -hmm. to keep growing in leadership. Was there anything you consciously did? Was there anything you, you did to stand out to them? Uh, for me, my journey is very much about doing what was asked of you and kind of growing where you're planted. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for me, a couple of things that occurred through early on at Belco was taking the mindset that you're there to serve, you're there to help other people, you're there to help solve problems. So when a crisis or an issue would come up, being willing to step up and step into a situation and help to solve the problem without a motive for yourself or for your particular okay. area. So that working across departmental lines, working for the good of the organization, not just for your particular area or for your goals, made a big difference. So there were opportunities where when I say reaching across departmental lines, it wasn't in the back office operations of the lending department, but maybe it was in retail mm -hmm. in the front front office in the mm -hmm. branches where hey, you're reaching across the line to help a manager who might be struggling or help someone who's trying to work through a particular issue with an employee to helping other operational areas understand, well, what it is that we do over here in lending that might help you support area. Right make it easier for us to do what we do. And, so, and in looking to jump in, it, it expands your knowledge mm -hmm. of mm -hmm, other right. areas, other departments, if you will, and it, and it automatically makes you a, a leader. Did so, you raise your hand, like along that journey? Did you, or did you, um, I don't want to say wait, 
did did men surrounding you or in higher positions they they noticed you know your uh great ideas your uh aspirations your ability to provide solutions I think it's a combination of both. For Good. me, the mm. they tapped me on the shoulder, they noticed, but then also that willingness to just mm-hmm. get in there and roll your sleeves up and get involved and don't wait to be asked. Yes. When you see a problem, yes. deal with it, fix it, contribute what you can. But at the same time, I do have to give credit to the fact that the individuals that were surrounding me saw talent, yeah, saw, saw innate ability and and tapped into that right, and right. helped me to see, hey, I can do this, helped to build my confidence in myself and help tease out where I may have had skills that I didn't realize. Yeah, and amplified that. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of guests on, myself, you know, first and foremost, where, um, you know, the men that I was doing business with or even the short list of, of male CEOs I admired were more than willing you know, to spend time with me, to invest in me, to sponsor, if you would, along the way, make introductions to other CEOs. Um, and that's, uh, I've just read an article in the Wall Street Journal about women in golf. We're still having that challenge, you know, then, and the article was about more women need to expand their networking onto the golf course, uh, just because a lot of business is done there and you have four hours mostly with the male CEOs or EVPs or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I love to hear, we've said that many times, raise your hand. You cannot wait to be, you know, chosen or asked. If if you really uh, seek a higher position, you know, an executive position, you really have to, you know, stand up and and, uh, contribute and, and express your desire to do that. Well, and be willing to do those other duties as assigned right. because that's where there's a lot of learning opportunities, as you said, and then you then demonstrate your skill to do things that might be a little outside of your wheelhouse. Right. And and I think the, the whole premise that I, I don't know how to do that, I've never done that. Well, it's no, not my job. It, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I try to say to people, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to be stretched Mm -hmm. and that's the very nature of a stretch goal oh i don't know if we could do that yes but you 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 won't know if you don't try that's the only guaranteed outcome is to not start or quit Mm -hmm. and those are not two acceptable outcomes for me that was actually words of wisdom that stuck with me throughout and still to this day i use it from one of my mentors was, Amy, if you're not feeling a little bit sick at your stomach or like you're going to throw up on your shoes, you're probably <laughs> not stretching yourself. And how do you know if you're going to ever be comfortable? I, that, that to me is a destination. That's not the journey is, is, is stretching. And so, you know, are you brave or are you acting brave? Mm -hmm. Right. There's Mm -hmm. a scenario to that where I have to visualize success, you know, and even in failure, I advanced something Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. a tough, tough concept to sort of really ingrain in yourself and have people admire and then amplify. Mm -hmm. I think once that, um, you know, mentor comes alongside us, uh, because our my internal voice is always saying, you know, why me? I, I, I'm not sure. And they help flip the switch of why not me? Why why wouldn't I be, you know, uh, the perfect CEO of Belka? Why why wouldn't I, you know, be ready to lead Universal Media or start a business? And I think once 
especially young women start to flip the narrative internally and start to see themselves in these executive seats and start to, you know, maybe change some of their um, networking skills or behavior or, you know, the whole dress for success mantras, you know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Mm -hmm. I think that's a mindset as well. You know, carry yourself for the job that you see yourself having, not the current job you're in. And, and, and again, I think that's part of the confidence. So my son will say, I, I just lack confidence. And that's not often that he'll say that. And I think it's really important then to say, okay, what can we do to prepare <clears throat> that's going to build your confidence? Because if that's not able to sort of be depleted a little bit as you figure out the challenge, what, what do we have? You know, we just stop, mm-hmm. right? And now you're leading. Like, do you ever pinch yourself? Like, you're the ultimate leader <laughs> of this organization and tons and tons and tons of people looking to you. I don't know that I do that very often. Um, I, we're, we're in it every day. Right. We're, we're running pretty hard and pretty fast. And we, I just enjoy the interaction with the people. I feel like I get so much from my people that if I'm not around them and engaging and interacting with them, I'm missing something. So I more take my strength from the people around me than necessarily the role, the title, or the, you know, the experience or the, the, the place that I've arrived at today. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like for me, it's more about my energy and my um, stamina come from a place of seeing the result of all this work, of what we do, and how we as a team help other people to achieve their success. So That's momentum. Great. great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very mm-hmm. different. And that's how all the people start to rise up on the same page, yeah, if yeah. you will, right? And they're watching, Amy, what you do. They don't necessarily like kids right they they watch what you do not so much what you say Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so they see that now Amy, i should have said in the introduction amy is one of the 25 most powerful women in credit unions in the u.s uh from american banker she's on grit and gravitas to tell her story (laughs) that's a one-two punch right there well she could be doing anything else right a lot of obligations and responsibilities and we're just very very thankful to you again Time is the uh, non-renewable resource. Yes, yes, I've learned. Mm-hmm. So what tips, Amy, would you have for younger women especially? Um, in the past, there's been a little struggle with getting more women into banking and finance. It's especially maybe not so much as, as an entry-level position, teller if you would, or associate, but to get past the middle manager up into the executive leadership team. Now, I know just from observation, Belco and other institutions are really starting to change that dynamic. But what would you tell a young um, ship graduate? You know, we're all ship graduates. <gasps> oh, You're really? ship yes. right too. I am. <laughs> Ann and I were just there last week. It was yes. extraordinary. I've never been more enthusiastic about the next generation. So we have got mm-hmm. a little a little sisterhood going on here. Yeah. Well, but amen. what would you tell you know um, if someone said, "Amy, can I take you to coffee for thirty minutes?" and and you really wanted to invest in them, uh, you know, give us two or three things that young women could do to enter uh, finance, banking, credit unions, and uh, ascend to a leadership role. 
Well, I always start with grow where you're planted because that's really, I think, the key. Just get in there and then try to expand by learning more, doing more, and reaching, like I said earlier, across departmental lines. So grow where you're planted. So don't, don't take the idea that it's not my place or I can't do that or it's, or it's above my pay grade. I hear that sometimes. Yeah. Or I, I shouldn't say anything because that's not my place. So using that uh, grow where you're planted ideology to continue to grow and expand upon what you're doing. And that's a, that's a business vitamin there. Grow where you're planted. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really good reminder. Um, invest in, in the position that you're in but still set your sights on higher. Sorry. Be who you are. Everyone else is taken. (laughs) Yes. And then next, I think it's just really, you've got to be a lifelong learner and be willing to move around that jungle gym. So when I talk to people about their careers, I usually think of it differently than a career ladder and more of a career jungle gym. So be willing to move around and Good. make change to learn more, to mm-hmm. expand your horizon, and to get different experiences so that you are ready then to take on a broader role at Good. a later time. Good. So don't always look for opportunities to get a bigger title or a bigger paycheck, but maybe move to make a change that will expand your horizon, broaden your learning, and get some additional skills that you don't already have. And then last, I always say that you get to a place in your career, like where I'm in now is, you know, a place in the career where you've achieved some success, you're continuing to learn, you're continuing to grow, but you've got to have a handout for the generation behind you Mm -hmm. and always be willing to invest in those coming along behind you. Many times in my career, I've heard, have you trained your replacement? Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do because when you're sitting there, middle management, you don't Mm -hmm. want to have someone show you up, so to speak, or get, um, you know, you get passed over because someone else has a, you know, brighter, um, you know, resume or Mm -hmm. experiences than you do. So sometimes you find yourself being hesitant to maybe invest in those people behind you. But a lot of times at Belco, for example, we were not promoting people that hadn't taken the time to invest in and develop their replacement. So I think that having a handout for the person behind Mm -hmm. you, if you have the right environment where that's expected and you're coaching to that can really make a difference because they'll look at, oh, and you took the time to develop other people around you. You're a great leader. We want you to move to the next level. So I think that's a tidbit. So it's not always about yourself and focusing to your own self-development, but help others around you develop as well. Right. Now that's a great, great example. Yeah. And I think when you, when you look out, Amy, and you have that clarity now, mm-hmm. when you look back in your career, was there like a major setback where you like, oh my goodness, <laughs> life will never be the same. <laughs> There so, has to so be. which one? <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in the setback, especially for, for who we're trying to help with this to say, I always try to say no mistake or no misstep is, is fatal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I believe given my own career that some of the most severe setbacks led to a trajectory of enormous mm-hmm. comeback. 
about what seemed like it was mid-career at the time, but it really wasn't. It was pretty early on. The bank that I was working for eliminated the department that I was in altogether. So over time, I became unemployed. And I had been there for nine years at that point. So, you know, I was pretty... I thought I was on a career path with them. I thought it was going to be my career. Did you see it coming or not? Not necessarily. We did have some notice before the jobs were gone, but there was a merger that took place. And through the process of a merger, they eliminated a department. And so we had a few months before the the employment was terminated. But that was quite devastating for me at that point because I had already risen to a management level position Mm -hmm. and felt like I was doing all the right things and that I was on a good path with my career only to find this you know this feeling of having the carpet ripped out from under you occur and then it's like okay now what what do I want to do do I want do I even want to stay in banking or do I want to do something entirely different so I took that time to really well the first thing I did was um I bought a season pass to round top and I went skiing every day (laughs) for for like an entire month which I can't believe I did that looking back now but I did I did. Mm-hmm. I did. But Something I, like connecting with the outdoor, nature and the yeah, fresh yes. air and nature. perspective. I just had to figure out what's next, and in doing that, I think my parents were very uneasy. Um, my spouse at the time very uneasy about what are you doing, Amy? <laughs> so, um, the, I'm on the chairlift. Don't skiing. call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I wasn't a very good skier, and I wanted to learn how to ski. So that's what made me get the season pass and just go that's down. That's kind there. of like, a I'm great gonna... idea, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the fact that you would do that, you know, instead of wallow, if you would, or just say, oh, I'm going to wait, you know, until somebody contacts me. Um, but I love that idea. And prop, so you personally stretch yourself out to learn, add to your skill set, get out in nature. Uh, and that, obviously that's pre pandemic. Now there is a big push to get out in nature, but, uh, I kind of love that about you just challenging yourself in while you could have just taken a deep breath and waited. So then I think at some point early February of that year, my parents were like, okay, Amy, this is enough. What are you going to do? You need to get a job. Were they worried about you? (laughs) Like, what's wrong with our daughter? Um, That's when uh, I got into doing some mortgage origination. So I always stayed in banking and financial services. But ultimately, over the next couple of years, was introduced to the credit union concept and credit unions and interviewed and got the position at the credit union. And very quickly, I realized like I found somewhere where I can make a career. I love it here. I love the people. I love the family feel of a credit union and how you're there to help people. People helping people is our mantra that we use. So, So it was because of that adversity that I was able to arrive at where I'm at today right. in this, you know, credit union industry, which is a financial cooperative. We're not for profit. Right. We're here to help people to achieve mm-hmm. their financial goals. We're not here to drive profits for shareholders. So it's a very different business model and it's very inspiring for me. And that setback, Amy and Anna, it was, you know, it's, it's um, crawl, walk, run back. Mm-hmm. And that's the process of moving forward and wallowing is not an option. And, and so the precision with which you said, here's the first thing I did. Here's the next thing I did. Here's how I got to that place that I would not have gotten to had that setback not happened. 
And I think that's part of the risk, right? That's part of moving into an uncomfortable situation that you don't know if it's yeah. a different department, if it's crisis, like that's what we have to do knowing that it will not be fatal. I'd love that. And now we're sitting here and look at us. We've all had major, major setbacks, but none of us would be sitting here where we are with the success we have without right. them. Right. Um, <clears throat> so because this is financial literacy month and I'm always fascinated about women and money, uh, which I have, uh, friends and there's a statistic out there that, that, uh, female friends would rather talk about anything. And I, I mean anything, uh, besides money. And, um, so share some insight with us. What's your take? I mean, you, you are in the trenches with entire communities and their money. And I feel there's an emotional connection with our money, you know, for, uh, Earning it, saving it, investing it. Um, Your worth around it. Yeah. I can't be that positive or negative. Right. I came way late to the game in really grasping that I, I need to be in charge of it and I'm better off not seeing it and, and having it, you know, saved before it coming through my hands and then say, oh, I'm going to put, you know, X amount of dollars in this bucket and that bucket. So what's your observation on women and money now? I think women as heads, head, in a lot of cases, the head of the household who's dealing with the money are a lot of times put in the situation mm -hmm. where they do have to figure it out. So they need to really find someone that can help shepherd them through the process if they're not sure. And then when their children come along, because a lot of times right. when the children come along, that's really a turning point for them because they want to emulate and create something better for their children. So they want them to see mom and dad doing the right things financially so right. that they learn that skill. So I think for a lot of women, maybe it isn't until they get, you know, that opportunity to work with children or their, their own right. children that they then become focused to paying attention to savings and finances and so forth. But I think, uh, mostly what we see as a target market is that women as the head of the household, whether it's their, the only head of the household or they're there with a partner, yeah. there's still that idea that women are leading the charge with understanding finance, figuring mm -hmm. things out, charting the course and the path forward. It's absolutely essential. Did your mom or dad uh, do the checkbook growing up? Ooh, that's, that's, that was not, that was not compatible. <laughs> just, just, just a constant, you know, constant, constant battle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my dad handled all the finances in our family. Uh, my mother-in-law handed, handled it in my husband's family. Mm -hmm. So that was an interesting dynamic. And probably that impacted me as to not really paying attention, um, now, I always had a job, you know, from 16 mm -hmm. on and contributed to college. And so I had a uh, understanding, not as full of understanding. So then when our three sons came along, um, and I hope the youngest is listening to this story, he had to have this awesome bike back in the day. It was called a Hemi. <clears throat> and I think down at the bike shop, we would go quite often to check it out. I want to say it was $300, which for us at the time might as well have been $3,000. And so I said, okay, you, you do the lawns, uh, you, you have to earn half of that and then we'll meet you in the half. So it was everything from him knocking on the neighbor's doors to say, I'll ride, I'll ride my bike to wise 
and and do this is before DoorDash, way before you know, pick up your groceries <laughs> or whatever. But it kind of sparked the entrepreneurial. This this is what this costs, and this is X amount of yards to be mowed mm-hmm. to reach that. So I think it's probably a little more challenging today with credit cards and debit cards because you don't see the the cash. Well, we've been working through that a little with uh, nieces and nephews where they have the plastic card and they're paying attention to it using an app. So they're looking at their balance on their app and they're paying attention to how many yards did I mow this week and how much money do I have saved and... And Amy's always trying to encourage them to move it into, you know, youth CD money so that it doesn't get spent. So well, that that's it's kind good. of tied up in a CD. Well, they have but an advantage with Aunt Amy. <laughs> they have, they, yeah, they have, uh, they have things they want to buy too. So watching that savings grow, being able to go buy that bike or in, in this case, a car that they want to be able to get, um, it, it gives them a sense of how hard it is to earn things right. that they want to have, how much it costs how much time it takes to save money, and the value of a strong work ethic. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's right in keeping with Youth Month because we talk about it all the time. But you just updating it to today, the kids are used to their phones and apps. Mm-hmm. So they use, use the app to show them where their money is, how it's building, how the savings is occurring, and let them watch their money moving in and out of that account using their mobile app. It's more You're communication. Good. So just like that, it's it's Stop. a minute and a half. <laughs> and honestly, we just got into money. Like that could I be know. its own. That could be podcast. its own. Yes. And and everything that goes into that. So wait, now I get one more question though, because it's our show. <laughs> <laughs> it's our podcast and both of us like control. So we're going to just con- uh, control. Uh, as your friends tell me, just do what she wants you to do. And I'm like, yes. Amy, yes. you said a comment in the, in the beginning, which I, I know statistically to be true, that in credit unions, there is a much higher percentage of women in the C-suite, whether that's, you know, CFO, CEO, COO, CMO versus traditional banking. Why do you think that is? Credit unions just have a very different approach. I think in general, like I said earlier, that people helping people uh, bleeds over into employee relations and trying to create an experience for your employees where they feel like they found a place where they can have a career. If the larger uh, majority of employees at a credit union are females, it's only natural that if you're developing your talent from within, and a lot of credit unions do that, that you have a higher chance of finding a female that reaches that CEO role or the C-suite role. So I think it really has to do with our business model and the way uh, the environment and the culture is at a credit union. You have more of an opportunity to find a, a female CEO because your employees are predominantly female and you're developing talent from within and it happens and occurs kind of naturally that way. It's Good. more nurturing, it sounds like. So one last question. I'm going to go over even further. That was uh, <laughs> so we all have a connection to Wharton um, and Shippensburg University. So if a young person is reaching out to you, Amy, uh, for a job interview and wants to enter the world of finance um, from any of those institutions, what are the top, you know, two or three traits that you're really going to look for? Say, say, you know, is it going to be GPA? Is it going to be extracurricular activities, initiative? What are you looking for? Yes, those things, GPA and extracurricular activities are important. So I would say that absolutely 
probably leadership roles and yeah. volunteerism are two yeah. other two other areas that are really important. I think if you can find uh, an individual who's even if it's just the leader of their youth group at their church yeah. or the leader with they've done some volunteer time with Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Things like that really tell you a lot about the individual. They're willing to give of themselves and not necessarily have a return on that. So, But you also have to take into account things like, is this someone that had to work their way through Mm -hmm. school? So they didn't have that luxury of being able to volunteer somewhere. So maybe they just worked and went to school. So you look for things like that that tell you a little bit more about the character of the individual and not just what the credentials are that they hold. Great. Amy Scrignoli, we awesome honored to have you with us. Went so fast. Another uh, example of savvy, spirited stories of success. Thanks so much for joining us today, Annie. Uh, that's we need to change the model to an hour. Fabulous women, <laughs> uh, yeah, and much continued success, Amy. And thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Have a high gear day. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram and have a high gear day.